like, dude? Dude, I know, man. I can't believe they did a live-action Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Like, what What were they fucking thinking? I know. Thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Have you, what do you think about that? You like anime, right? Yeah, I like anime. Do you care about that show at all? Uh, well, I mean, you, there are shows that, like, you can't like anime if you don't like this show, right? And Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop's one of them, right? Because that's, Cowboy that's one Bebop's of the, one of them. yeah, I don't know many animes, and that's one of the ones I've heard the most. Like, uh, the thing with, the thing with anime is that, like, that was one of the first anime that made anime look cool, right? That fucking uh, music, man, that's the most I've, I know about oh. it. How is always three times louder than any of the other audio on the TV. (laughs) That uh, that composer, whoever composed that music, I've heard like his other music, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he writes like crazy jazz shit, and it's really fun to listen to. I might have to check that out, man. I love that song, Uh, and I don't usually get into jazz, but but like no, like Cowboy Bebop is a complete staple. Like any any anime fan worth their salt has watched it, you know, and like, it's it's just a cool anime when all the other anime previously was like, nerdy Gundam, or right, like, I don't know Naruto or uh, Sailor Moon, or something. But then there's a bunch of anime from the '80s that there's like horror anime movies and stuff like really gritty hardcore fucking crazy shit that i've there's some channel on youtube that does like top 10 underrated horror anime movies or whatever and some of the shit i saw in those clips looks insane i mean i don't think it comes to a surprise to anybody that japan is like one of the best in making any horror anything seriously like next level like, cause how do you make things like the ring, you know, how do you make things like, I mean, Junji Ito's entire like discography of manga. Yeah. Right? Like, have you, surely you've seen some of that. <laughs> probably. And I, I probably don't know. I have, uh, it's like, you know, the, uh, like it's me size, you know about that no. or, uh, in any case, he's like, <laughs> he's a very famous, like horror manga artist and like his drawings are just so grotesque it like puts a pit in your stomach and you just don't see stuff like that in any american media i mean we're getting better about it it over here like even that type of you know that anime or that manga like doesn't seem like it's nearly as popular as it should be here no well i mean it's kind of like i i don't know if i'd recommend it like it, it it's it's pretty disturbing like, Dude, like Battle Royale, that fucking. Oh yeah, right. Uh, Battle so Royale, brutal. which I assume was like a big inspiration for the Hunger Games. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I read the book. I didn't read the manga. And the book, like even without illustrations, was brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. And uh, this is, it, it, I mean, this is a Korean uh, production, but Squid Game. Right, is like also a death game. Loved it. Uh, and death games have been a thing for a long time in at least Japan, as far as I've known. Like it's been death game, like stuff yeah. like battle royale, 
stuff like uh you know battle royale and squid game and there's a thing where like it's a bit hard to describe but it's like you play these quote-unquote games to survive right and Mm. it's like a whole it's basically a whole genre within itself and i'm surprised that it's only just now getting popular like uh did you watch escape room i did it's kind of like that if the ending wasn't bullshit right (laughs) that movie was awful uh <laughs> but uh I don't I don't know where I was going with that. I I like anime. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh yeah, dude, that it's it's cool that it can get brutal. Um dude, there was another there was a question I actually wanted to ask you because I know I know LeBron James is your boy. Uh man. <laughs> I know he's your boy. I, there's a lot of conflicting feelings with me and LeBron. <laughs> Did you see me, me and LeBron have been on shaky terms. You guys you guys aren't talking right now? I mean, we're talking, but it's not it's not always great. Yeah, you know what I'm a, saying he's you're kind of short with him. Mhm. Uh well, did you see his fight that he almost got into the other day with against the Pistons? No. Dude, they start they like one there was a guy on the Pistons that was furious with LeBron and to the point where he was legit trying to you know, there's like 30 people on the court trying to separate them. And, you know, and the whole time you're thinking, dude, you're not going to fucking fight. Like, can we stop acting, please? This is, we all know you guys aren't going to start swinging at each other. Like, enough. Like, just go sit down. And oh, and I was thinking that watching this video of him, uh, you know, he's he's being held back and he's talking all this shit. And LeBron's talking all this shit. And, and uh, Russell Westbrook is over there with, like, his hands already up like ready to go even though there's 50 people in between him and the other guy (laughs) and i thought it was the same i thought this dude was full of shit that he was just trying to play tough or whatever and then there was a moment where he tries to run around everyone to get to lebron like he he like tried to like dart around everyone and then everyone had to stop him he runs back around and pushes some dude over like not like almost tackles a guy jeez and then uh he runs into the tunnel like after lebron to, to, like, go fight him in the locker room, I guess. <laughs> this dude was pissed, and I thought it was all bullshit until I saw what happened. And I did not blame him at all for being pissed. What what happened? They were, they were, he was next to LeBron. They were lined up during a foul shot, right? So, or free throw. So, yeah. they're, they're getting ready to, you know how the dudes kind of, like, put their arms in front of each other. Yeah, To yeah. get the rebound. I guess this guy was a little too much on LeBron, you know, and it seemed like LeBron got upset. And LeBron, like, with his fucking, like, uh, forearm bone, just hits the dude in the nose and the the eyebrow. Like, swings his arm around super hard, you know, obviously trying to make it seem like, oh, I was just... Yeah, like, oh, I'm just playing... I've only been playing... In NBA for 20 years. For 20 solid years. Yeah, no, he fucking jacked this dude and hit him so hard in the face. And the guy was, I mean, while the guy is yelling and trying to get to LeBron, he's bleeding, like, profusely from his eye. Jeez. And, yeah, LeBron fucking jacked him up, and the guy got pissed. And I was, and that was the first time that I've seen in the history of me watching basketball. Oh, yeah, they he actually did want to fight. I mean... I, that it's just that's so weird to me because basketball is a contact sport 
<laughs> Dude, it absolutely is, and I feel like uh, all sports should be contact sports. <laughs> Baseball. There should be more tackling. They, yeah, why don't they allow people to just fight, like in hockey? Just let them fight, get it out of their system. It makes the game more entertaining. Uh, But, like... It, 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 if you're LeBron and you've been in the game for so long, you're like a living legend in this sport. Yeah. Did that really piss you off so much that you had to do something about it? I mean, like, have you not gone through this song and dance a thousand hundred times before? Yeah, and think about him, you know, but LeBron is always bitched when he doesn't get a foul called. You know, <laughs> LeBron's kind of a baby, and I would not be surprised if he was like, who are you to be all over me like that like fuck you boom and just hits them you know i mean look when you are the lead role in space jam you probably get a big ego right yeah i mean not michael jackson michael or michael jackson not michael jordan (laughs) (laughs) no surely not michael jackson neither michael jackson nor michael jordan had big egos so you know (laughs) i think lebron is is needs to take it down a peg or two Ugh, but you know what? Like, I'm I'm done with the I'm done with LeBron. LeBron is done with us. Uh, us being the Cavaliers. Yep. Uh, he did what he had to do. Now all you guys can get off his fucking back. I, I, I always kind of felt sorry for LeBron because when he was like when when he got in the Cavs and he was really shining, we did not have the team to back him up, and that was true. shown when he went to the Heat. Uh, and won three championships in a row. Right. And our team had like three losing seasons in a row. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if, if you we, guys we, had a... we went from we went from NBA finals to a losing season because of one player. <sighs> yeah. You know. If you guys had an actual team around him when he was at his peak like that. It it could have been one of the greatest teams of all time. He would have been there for ten years. It would have been a Celtics situation. And you know, where you so win ten that... championships in, in eight years somehow. At that time, I was like, I'm kind of glad he went to the Heat because now he can finally get some championships. I'm I'm more mad that he came back, honestly. <laughs> Why? And that be, be, because like because he burned his jersey and he had to go buy another one. Because he was like, all right, I got my three championships. Now I can go back to this little team. Yeah, now I can you go. Know? In, yeah, and I he can, still had I to can go help these little guys. I can be their hero. But think think about it though. When he was on the Heat, he had Shaq and Dwayne Wade. What an insane team that was. Right. I didn't think Shaq was still around when he went to the Heat. (laughs) Dude, Shaq and Shaq was still great at that time, too. Like, obviously, past his prime, but yeah, he was still really good. And then, like, I think he had just gone there from the Lakers. And then, uh, you know, and then LeBron comes back to Cleveland, and you think, okay, he's come back, he's seasoned. He's won three championships. He's going to take this team to the championship. And then he just kept complaining, I don't have enough good people around me. I need a star point guard. I need a star center. I need a star, you know, shooting guard. And it's at that point you realize maybe LeBron, I mean, obviously he's amazing, right? Like I'm not trying to diminish what he's I done. I mean, he's but literally he one of the best a lot of people around him. Uh, I mean, the thing with LeBron that I've always really appreciated about him is that he is a team player. You know, he he would have he wants like, everyone most, to, to produce. He would have like the most assists, the right. most passes in a game. He would have, you know, he wasn't he he wasn't really a solo 
artist. Right? I don't think he ever and, wanted to be the man. You know? Yeah, but like he's just he's too good. He did not have the team to back him up in in Cleveland before the Heat. He didn't have the team afterwards. Right. Even though uh, I I think we did win one championship with him yeah, after for sure. after the Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he like went to the Lakers, Lakers. or something. I don't know. I kind of yeah. lost track. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> it's like uh, after uh, after James Harden left the Rockets, I haven't really watched a Rockets game. <laughs> I mean. It was just so nice for a little bit for a Cleveland team to be on top. It's the uh, same with Houston, man. I haven't experienced that since 94. <laughs> and I was just so glad to finally be a contender. And we just, for years and years and years, we kept going to the you know semifinals or quarterfinals or whatever and just disappointing me every year. You, you would literally watch those games during our band practices. Yeah. Right? Remember? I would have it on my phone. Just you on my amp. You it at Luis's house. And, like, in between songs, you would, like, turn it on. <laughs> yeah, I remember putting it on his on his TV one time and standing in the doorway, like, playing along and singing, but watching the game. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Dude, so, so funny. Uh, well. I was, like, at the time, I was, like, I was probably pretty pissed, but, like. <laughs> I don't know. It's like really funny looking back. <laughs> well, what's funny to me even is I had no idea you were pissed. I mean, I don't know. How could I not be when when you we come to practice and like you're like, "All right, guys, like I love you guys, like and you're my you're my band and you're my priority, but uh, there is on. this basketball game on." Dude, you know how many fucking Rockets games were on Mondays and Wednesdays for some reason? I you know, I started missing all of them at one point. And I was just like, dude, I can stream this on my phone. I can put it on the amp. And, you know, I, we didn't have a mic, so I didn't have to really sing. <laughs> for, yeah. I, for three fucking years, we didn't have a mic. Uh, and even when we did, half the time it would shock you. So, like, we just uh, didn't use it. That was so infuriating. I was I was never actually mad at you. I was just, like, a little frustrated <laughs> at times. That's, that's so funny, dude. I didn't pick up on that at all. And I think I'm, I thought I'm good at that. Like, I thought I was good at <laughs> picking up energies. But also, I would get fucking blazed. That's true as well. But, yeah. You, you played good. I play, hey, I play good. I play good when I'm stoned. You play hard, you work hard, you smoke hard. I think I play better when I'm stoned. I get it a little loose. It's like Michael before a show. Like, he drinks a beer and takes a shot of tequila, and then he's, like, fucking good to go. You know? Right. That's, that's my beer and a shot, is a bowl. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you know, on that note, smoking, uh, definitely helped with this album that we're going to talk about today. Really? It helped a lot. Oh boy. So, Uh oh Oh, man. So on that note, I'm going to tell you what's up guys. (laughs) What's up, buddy? I was drinking water. Podcast where you can drink. Uh, you know what? You go ahead, bud. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> no, I just wanted to participate, and you started too early. Yeah, well, I just wanted to keep you on your fucking toes. <laughs> go ahead. Go, go ahead. What's up, buds? Welcome to the Earbuds Podcast. We are the Odd Couple of Podcasts, Pod Couple of Oddcasts, Lucas, Brett. Uh, very good albums, very good time, very good friends. Friends. Uh, in that order. And that's... And look, I know the rumors have been going around. 
we're just friends. Yeah, I mean, even though Brett called me the love of his life on one episode, he meant love, friend love. Friend love. The love of his friend life. I know there have been a lot of photos leaked of us holding hands down Main Street. Yeah. But that was someone else. That was, yeah, and if it was us, let's just say it was. Let's just... Yeah, let's just like make up a world where it was us. Yeah, let's pretend, let's act for once. I mean, what if our hands were cold? Yeah, right? And like you forgot your mittens at the apartment. Yeah, I'm like, hey, can I keep my hand in your back pocket of your pants? My hands are cold. <laughs> and you were like, Yo. why not just put them under my hoodie? And I was like, good idea. And I just walked backwards and I had my hands under your hoodie. Like, big the, deal. Old, the old Texas hook em. The old yeah. yeah, the old hook em horns. The old hook 'em horns, we call that. You know, I don't know. I don't know why everyone's being so weird about it, but whatever. They can, you know, TikTok can say whatever they want, Brett. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah, and look, like, here's, here's where we say what we want, Lucas. And what we want is to talk about an objectively fantastic album, no matter. <laughs> <laughs> no bias coming from either of us. Uh... This is an album that I brought. This album's called The Physical World by Death From Above 1979. I am a little scared. Are you concerned? Are you, are you hearing a, a tone? I'm, I'm kind of hearing a tone. I'm hearing a little bit of a tone. Well, I got a tone bone listening to this record, so... Okay, know, that's, well, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. That, that's going to keep it from a one. It's, gonna, it's definitely lifting it up from a one. Uh, let's see if we can get to it. Let's see if we can get to a, a two or a three. Well, let's talk it out, man. Because uh, I wanted to know what you love so much about this record. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, uh, I was the age of fifteen uh, when I saw Death from Above, nineteen seventy nine. On the pamphlet for ACL that my friend gave me because he went to ACL and I couldn't. Oh, and you were like, that's a cool band name. Uh, yes, I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember when this was, but it was in middle school. I learned about the Arctic Monkeys through this pamphlet. They used to have these crazy detailed pamphlets for ACL with every band, like pictures, uh, biographies, oh, wow. like yeah, best hit songs. Um, and I, I believe it was on this pamphlet that I learned from Death From Above 1979, which was just a crazy punk bass and drum duo. Yeah. Not to be confused with drum and bass duo. That's a no. completely different thing. Yeah, this is definitely bass and drum. Uh, In that and <laughs> I, I checked them out. They're definitely a vibe. Mm-hmm. And then... All these years later, they they reunited after a hiatus. They released this and other albums up till 2020 so far. Yeah, for sure. They're still doing it. Dude, I can't believe they broke up for five years. It's <laughs> And then got back together and wrote this record. Yeah. like That's crazy. I think they formed around 2001 or 2002. Right. Their first album came out in 2006. Yeah, their first EP was like 2004 three or four and their second album was 2014 yeah (laughs) so it's like what that's a long amount of time 
Oh yeah, that's uh, what it was. They 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 released an album in two thousand four and broke up two years later. Yeah. So yeah, dude, they they were broken up. I mean, to be broken up for five years, and then come back together and write an album this cohesive, and it sounds like they right. fuck. It sounds like they just went right back to where they were before after five years. I mean, you got to think that maybe they weren't even talking during those five years. You know, like who right. knows? I I heard. I've heard through YouTube comments that they actually kind of kind of hated each other's guts for a bit. I mean, um, they they said that they split up due to creative differences and musical style differences, but then he said it was due to disagreements on many levels. So this could have been, aye, you know, aye. maybe whatever direction one of them wanted to take, and the other one was, you know, didn't agree or. Yeah, well, you know, if this was one of their directions, I could see why the other wouldn't like it. Because it's a wholly different vibe from the album they released before. I was going to ask, man. I didn't have the time to dive into their first record. What does their first album sound like? Their first album is very punk, very fuzzy. Uh, You can really barely hear the change in bass notes. The singer is always super fuzzed out yeah um and uh yeah and it's it's you know they were they were a punk band and then they released this album and they it definitely seemed like they wanted to be more in the mainstream because to me at least this is a super catchy album with super dancey uh, super dancey uh there's a lot of you know, it definitely has that punk attitude, but for sure. But it's it's much more cleaned up from their previous records. And wow. Yeah, I heard that they were described as a noise punk, and when I was listening to this, I definitely hear the punk, you know, sensibilities in there. And uh, there's even certain sometimes where the drummer is playing a punk beat or whatever, but. Man, listen to this. I forgot. I've heard this record before, like before we decided to talk about it on the pod. Like I, I at least heard at least half of it. And I forgot how dancey this record was. Yes, it is. It is very dancey. It's it's like. Yeah, it, it, a lot of the songs are just at a tempo where you kind of can both mosh or dance along, just depending <laughs> on your sensibilities, which I yeah. am. I've always been a fan of. Yeah, they they have a really interesting sound to their music. And, you know, I can't say that it, I know any other bands that sound anywhere near what, what Death From Above sounds like. Like that, having that combination of bass and drums and, you know, the bassist will play keyboard sometimes or synth sometimes or whatever. But really at its core, it's two instruments and it's a, dis- a heavily fuzzy, distorted bass. And he's not yeah. playing bass riffs. He's playing guitar riffs on a bass. Yeah. It's like I would. Uh, I was thinking about Gym Class Heroes while listening to this album. And how different the guitarist played. Like how, right. how unique the guitarist played his guitar on like things like the Paper Cut Chronicles. Right. Because he was almost was such like a, a keyboardist. Different- at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was like such a different genre and in this in this situation when it's a two piece and you only have like one melodic instrument 
uh, you got to cover a lot of bases. The the bass, when a bass is distorted, it kind of sounds like a guitar, but it also covers the bass section that yes. a guitar would lack. It, it is the beefiest distorted guitar you've ever heard. And, and I loved the bass tones on the whole record. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. Super ch- chunky. Chunky and juicy and dirty and gritty. And I just, I, it is such a smart idea. It's so smart to have to come up with that idea of just distorting a four string bass and playing single note riffs. And if it's fuzzy enough, it sounds like a power chord. And yeah. his riffs are fucking killer. They're killer, man. I, I found the best riffs kind of have this dynamic between the low tones and the high tones, right? In, right. In like, it's very dynamic. Those are my favorite riffs. Yeah, for uh, sure. There's the, there are a lot where he's playing on the high, to the two high strings, even high up on the neck. You know, so it does sound more like what a maybe like a seven string guitar could play. Maybe. Yeah. Right. But when they when he goes low, and they get that heavy crunch going, which doesn't happen enough on this record, but when they do it. <laughs> Man, well, I love you it. might like, like their last records then. The the latest one? No, their previous ones. Yeah, so that's what I think. I think I should listen to their first album. I'll probably, I'll, I might dig it more because, again, dude, like the bass's riffs are killer. They're so fucking good, and I recognize that, and I love all of them. Well, just, look, let's just get past the bullshit, okay? Let's, tell me, can we stop? Tell me. <laughs> Can we stop putting on airs here? All right. I I just want to stop. You're you're shooting out hot air. You've been <laughs> shooting out hot air this whole podcast. Blowing smoke up your ass. They blend in. I just in. want to know your 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 god honest feelings about this record. The ri- the riffs are great, but they blend in a lot. Like I can't say that I remember any of them. Sure. Yeah, you I know? think that's fair. I've I've always been conflicted with with bands like royal blood death from above yes. 1979 um there's like one other ben folds uh, with, <laughs> ben folds yeah with with bands that have a kind of limited instrumentation like this and they do use like synths and keyboards and stuff but right. the bass is definitely the main uh kind of prioritized instrument it's it's really hard to kind of keep it fresh it, yeah, it is, man. It's he definitely has a a motif, you know. Like it sounds like he writes a specific type of riff, and yeah. and again, that's not to say that any of them are bad because I again I loved all of them, but it just started to it, it started to get kind of repetitive a little bit when we started getting to train wreck, right around train wreck and nothing left. Mm. Those two songs, I was starting to lose steam every time I listened to the record. I would be on it pretty much the whole, with every song, uh, pretty much, until it got to like the middle of the record and it just started to feel, man, this is starting to get kind of like a little old for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand that. I I brought in for your other kind of sub-podcast thing. Yeah, for Choice Nugs Radio. <laughs> For Choice Nugs Radio, I brought in Right On Frankenstein, if I remember correctly. Yes. Great song. Uh, and I think that these songs 
outside of the record would probably work best in inside of the record i i could understand how you would like how the all songs would blend together and yeah. it's all kind of the same because they're kind of using the same tricks in each song they are they're they're they are using the same tricks and the the drummer i recognize is is talented but i don't think there was anything that he did on this record i don't think there was one moment that i went ooh, that was cool from the drummer. <laughs> well i i can you know what i agree but i'm not gonna hold that against him because he is also the singer right great voice right and he has a great voice and i i think that if you can't pull out the best drum parts you can as well as the best vocal parts you can then maybe you shouldn't be the singer and especially when they play live he cannot deliver the same way he does on record it's it's hard man because even though the drummer even though he's not doing anything especially impressive or exciting on the drums he's still playing his fucking ass off a whole on every single song yeah i i I don't think it's a i don't think it's like a hot opinion to say that drums are the most active instrument in a band usually right Right, unless you're doing something wrong on one of the other instruments, then yeah, the drums should be <laughs> the most active. But I have seen them live, and uh, they were fucking, they were pretty good. Yeah, I don't, like, every every video I've seen kind of disappointed me. It might be because, uh, like, on this album, there's a lot of, like, backup vocals yeah. that kind of help out the, uh, the the main vocals, and there are some synths. That they can't really get to with two people. True. And the synth is used very well on the record. It's very sparing, but every time right. it happened, I liked it, you know? But live, yeah. I thought they were pretty good, man. It was pretty fucking raucous. It was super loud. I remember walking into the place and thinking, who the fuck is playing right now? Like, this sounds insane. Like, it sounded <laughs> so heavy and so loud. And uh, and then I turned the corner and I was like, oh shit! I didn't know Death from Above was playing tonight. Like that was a really nice surprise, and they were great. They were. I thought Where'd they were awesome. Live. I saw them at Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Really? They opened for. Wait, In- what did that happen? Yeah, they opened for Incubus and Deftones. They were touring with Incubus and Deftones. It was a great night. It was a great that show. Shit, man! Why didn't you bring me? I have no idea. Why Why no one else? I mean, I went with two other friends, but this might have even been before Mortalis, for all I know. That's, I mean, that's a that's a kick-ass show right there. It was awesome. Uh, Deftones in any are... Case. Yeah, anyways. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to Deftones on the Deftones record, okay? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure that's the album that Aaron will pick when, when she's on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, and again, like... Like you said, the singer is great. He has a, a good voice. It works perfectly for this music. Uh, but it was the same thing as the bass. All the songs are pretty catchy. They're all catchy. They all have sing-along moments. And they're all very... They have great rhythm. But it was just like the bass. The The singer, his melodies were good. But I can't remember many of them. And they all just blended in together. Yeah, I... They definitely have this set amount of things they can do. The the vocalist has every single song to me. It's like super catchy. It's yeah. kind of catchy in the same way, though. 
Exactly. Right. But uh, also, I didn't know this was the fucking hypocrite podcast, Mr. Uncle Acid in the Deadbeats. What about it? What it's, about them? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't understand Come what you're on. getting at. It. I mean, it's it's all, it, it it's all perspective. On on that episode, I said I was saying like basically the exact same things you were right. Yeah. That, like all the songs were kind of <laughs> blending in. Yep. And it was all kind of the same thing. You were like, no, like nah, dude. Like that's. <laughs> it's, but are you? Do you have the same experience? With this album too, where the songs all blend in, or can you can I say the the name Virgins and you know exactly what that song sounds like? I mean, maybe it's just because I've listened to it so much. Maybe uh, so, yeah. But like, I I love every single one of these songs on this record, man. And I, it's always a treat for me to listen through this album, just because I think every song has these killer riffs, these killer vocal melodies. And even if the drums aren't doing too much, they usually fill out they fill out the rest of the space that the mm-hmm. bass can't. Bring. Yeah, dude, he's he's really loud as a drummer. I mean, he's yeah. But if the, nothing else. Thankfully, what I like is that the bass is front and center and it really is. I mean, if it wasn't for the bass and the bassist, this album wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't be anything. <laughs> yeah. That that dude uh, is a genius. Like the way that he the way that he gets that tone and the riffs that he writes on a bass guitar, I think oh, yeah. are, are really, I mean, really, really impressive. And that's you, an understatement. You need to be something of a, like, of a master of your instrument to kind of even think of riffs like this. Uh, that being said, I think Royal Blood has done a better job of evolving their sound and keeping it more fresh with their later albums. I don't know if you've listened to um I think I've only listened to Where first Are You record. Now? No, I've only listened to their first record, so I don't know where they went from there, but I really liked it. Yeah, their first record was great. Yeah. Um but I think on their second record, which I'm looking up now, which is How Did We Get So Dark? Uh they utilized uh <laughs> a lot of different effects to say the least uh my buddy lily and i saw him live and just the the pedal setup the amount of effects that he has on the bass to kind of like keep it fresh is absolutely insane i don't know how one person keeps track of all that stuff that's what you gotta do man honestly uh think like uh the white stripes you know oh yeah same, but i mean like idea it's Jack White is literally like a genius, so it's kind of hard to I like. Mean, let's so is Meg White. All right, <laughs> you know what? You're 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 kind of finding a way to push all my buttons right now. You're finding all my buttons and you're and you're kind of pushing them right now. Uh, dude, I, I, it's, that's that's the worst part about uh, getting to know each other for so long is I know exactly how to get to you. You know how to you know who you know what name to bring up. <laughs> I just Dude, get your blood boiling. I mean, have we talked about on the podcast before about the Meg White video I made? I've, I've, dude, I've, I've talked about that with you. I think like several times. If not one of them was on the podcast, I'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so many more people defend Meg White than I thought would. I, I honestly thought it was a defunct 
topic that I needed to get off my chest. <laughs> Everyone loves Meg White. It it, it it was on my chest. Yeah. And I had to get it off. Meg White is one of the most overrated musicians in music history. That's my stance. If you want to hear more about it, go to the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find it on YouTube. We don't need to get... Brett, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, okay? No. Like, um, we can we can talk about that on the, the Two Drummers episode, where we can just talk about for 45 oh minutes about God. how Two Drummers are... My buttons! <laughs> My buttons are getting pushed right now. I gotta, I gotta ask. White... Uh, you Do you like the song White is Red? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, there's not a song I don't like on this album, man. I love every one of these songs. Hmm. But apparently, uh, you you've picked your uh, spoiled nug. <laughs> yeah, this nug is, is gone bad. Uh, but I, what I liked about White Is Red is that it was the first time they changed the vibe on the record. Yeah, they kind of tried to do a little more of a what you would hear a guitarist do on a slower song. For sure, it almost sounded weirdly like an '80s prom song, but one written by Death from Above. Right. You know. Yeah. It's kind of crazy it, about their name too. Yeah, there's the whole history behind that. Yeah, do do you want to do you want to tell it? Uh, I mean, it's they they started off as Death from Above, right? Mm. And uh, when they were finally getting some attention, there was another band called Death from Above that was getting on, and so they had to. I they were like, I don't know, uh, 1979. Whenever. Uh, that's <laughs> okay, that's close. You're close. So well, that's when that that train wreck happened, right? Right. So what what happened was that the singer of LCD Sound System, James Murphy, he had a record label called Death from Above Records. Really? Yes. He probably still thought- has it, for all I know. But he sent a cease and desist letter to the band. Wow. Because they had the same name, and that was in 2004. So they changed it to 1979 because that's the legal minimum number of numerals required to keep the first part of the name. It's like, you can use death from above, but you have to put four numbers at the end of it for it to become your own thing. Like they can't do death from above too. You know, (laughs) I, I'd never gotten that deep into the origins of that name. I thought it was a really interesting story. And, and what's crazy to me is because halfway through this record, I, wrote down this sounds like an LCD sound system album with distorted guitar at times because it's so dancey. You know what I mean? If I mean, if we're getting to buttons right now, <laughs> do, you, do you hate LCD sound system? Uh, no, I don't hate LCD sound system. I, I just, I guess I just don't understand it. I've, the I've music? tried listening to, a, yeah, I've tried to listen to a couple albums and it sounds just sounds like a 50 year old dude trying to get into dance music and like failing miserably Ooh, well the last part is harsh but the first part is pretty accurate he was a 50 year old a 45 year old dude who started wanting to write dance music and uh yeah he started late but you're right i mean it's older it's older dude music for sure but i love lcd sound system and there were just moments in this in this album just because it's so dancey that especially the first track uh, that I thought, man, this kind of sounds like LCD Sound System, but if they had distorted guitar and decided that they wanted to be fucking rock and roll for a night, 
<laughs> and then I go into their history and I see that they there's some involvement that they've had with LCD sound system in a, in a roundabout way. And that fucking tripped me out. Yeah, that's super weird. So random. So weird. But, I mean, uh, well, let's get into Choice Nugs. Yeah, let's get into Choice Nugs, man. Uh, you You go first. Me first. Well... I picked the song that you uh, shared with me on Choice Nugs Radio, man. Right on Frankenstein. Right on Frankenstein. That is my first nug. Oh, uh, well. you too. I assumed it would be because that's the one song of theirs that you brought onto the other podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I love the punk energy on that song, man. Oh, yeah. It's got that forward driving momentum in the verses. Uh, it's got those vocals that are just like so cool it has that returning it's it's one of those songs that like i don't know what to call these things but that have like two to three separate choruses on it (laughs) what do you mean like slight variations like uh a chorus to me is like the main part of the song the catchiest part of the song the part that you want everyone to remember yeah the part is like oh my life the, yeah. la, the same old song just a different tune but, yeah and that's that's the real course but i always thought uh uh i don't want to die but i want to be buried meet me at the gates of the cemetery is like equally as catchy and iconic and i c- literally can't help but sing along with it every single time oh it happens. it's so catchy and then they have that like before going to the second verse they have that like weird yes, high I, vocal dude, part that might be like my favorite part on the entire album <laughs> i love it i and i think it's the best lyrics on the album too oh yeah it, it, it's just like super it, you know and we didn't really get into lyrics very much uh i think they're i think they're fine i think uh, they're pretty good for the most part yeah they're pretty good for the most part it's nothing i like connected personally to or anything i don't think it's anything extraordinary but no. it's definitely i think I there's know. a lot of cool lines right um, yeah but yeah it's it's honestly man my focus is on the bass the entire record yeah so the and lyrics don't really stand out to me except on right on frankenstein it has such cool lyrics and the bass on this song and then that fucking like yeah that kind of outro at the very end yeah they they completely changed the song in the last what minute and a half and it really it like does not stick around a lot it you it's that thing that you love i know about you where it you want more of it it leaves you wanting more because it's so catchy too right on frankenstein it's almost like a. It's almost like the what would be the heavy part on a newfound glory song. <laughs> yeah, is what this part sounds like. It's so pop punk to me, and it's out of nowhere. And you know, again, killer fucking riff from. Man, I need to know their names. I keep saying the bassist and the drummer. I should say their fucking names. So the bassist Jesse. I thought on I thought that ending of Right on Frankenstein that doom is so original. And the drums that are going with it that are like kinda half beat, you know. Yeah, yeah, they go half time and 
Like, just smash along with it. A huge kick drum, like, massive kick drum, just smashing along with it. And then that that final melody, the right out of Frankenstein. Like, it's yeah. so catchy. Probably the catchiest song on the record for me, too. So, I, I would say so. Yeah, dude. For sure. Yeah, right I mean, on that's, Frankenstein. That's one of the main reasons I brought it on to Choice Nugs. I was looking at a lot of the songs on this record. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, you know, right on Frankenstein, it just, I mean, I love that song so much. It's its so catchy. I knew you would, like, at least find something in it. I love it. Uh, but you did me a disservice with it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because you set an expectation for what the rest of this album was going to sound like. The rest of this album is on fucking par it with is this, not, sir. It is not the same energy. It is fucking clutch, <laughs> sir. It's not the it's just not the same energy as Right on Frankenstein. Right on Frankenstein has the most punk like driving rhythm and that ending was just oh, okay, these guys are going to be flipping you know, flipping the the switch on me all yeah. the time. They, then, that is definitely they they didn't really flip the switch on any songs nah, too much. Nah, you know they kind of kept it one thing the whole time, and maybe deviated slightly one way or another. Yeah, they deviated but. less than my septum. Uh, <laughs> what what is your second nug? I mean, to be fair, my septum's deviated as fuck. Uh, well, my uh, my honorable mentions. Before I get into that, are always on. All right, yeah. I, I there was definitely I didn't. It's not like the song like was really really cool for me as like the whole thing. But there's a moment like forty five seconds in, like the yeah, I love that part. Man, I love that. Yeah, and physical world I thought was the heaviest song on the record, the closing track. Mm. I are there horns on that? I loved, I love the horns. I think were on there. Awesome double bass fucking drum part. Like the one cool drum part that he did is in the last song. <laughs> uh, I I mean the thing is like I think this guy's got the chops. He definitely but, does. But he understands that he's a singer, and you he, can't be doing such crazy stuff and singing at the same time. Right. So I think he's holding back. He's got to be loud. But he can't be super, yeah. Like you said, he can't be fucking playing on the toms and going back and forth. It's not like he can be Arx Bandits and play, you know, and sing at the same time. But yeah. Physical World, Physical World is a, a fucking. Lo- I love that song. It's a great song. But my other choice nug is Government Trash. Government Trash, dude. Probably one of the also one of the best riffs on the record. Yeah, you, you you definitely like the harder songs on this record. Exactly. I I don't I don't dig the the dancier songs, but the heavy stuff, which is to me, Government Trash, Ride on Frankenstein, and Physical World are the heaviest ones, and I fucking love those songs. Man, you know I, I wish there was a good blend for you. You might not like any albums by Death from Above because the album before this. Um, was definitely a lot harder, but the like, the production, the mix was like super fuzzy. It's a lot gnarlier. You can really, 
it 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 does not hold a candle to like the production on this one which is fucking uh, and, great. The guy who produced this produced like Nine Inch Nails and a bunch of other people. Yeah, right. Yeah, the government trash. I mean, those like Tone Bone. I had Tone Bone this whole record. Everything sounds good. And which government is crazy because there's like three to four instruments max on each song. Yeah, and to think too that you know you can get such good tones on a really really fuzzy bass guitar and almost distorted vocals the whole time and the drums are just loud as shit. And oh yeah. I felt like government trash just had that dude, that part in like at like two minutes in where it's like, he's doing double bass and just, Oh man, that was the part that I switched it from, from originally it was going to be cheap talking right on Frankenstein. And I've, Fucking switched it from cheap talk and put it on government trash. After that, I'm like this that 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 just made it for me right Damn. there. Yeah, and it's screaming. He's fucking screaming on it right at the very end. I'm like, oh, yeah, right, man. yeah, so cool, dude. so cool. That song, that energy is just pissed off, and I the song is so pissed, and I love it. <laughs> Especially today, man, it was perfect. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect to listen to today. That's what you needed. That's what. I, that's exactly what I needed. It was the one that like, because I was half working while I was listening to this record right before we jumped on just to listen to it one more time, you know? But man, when yeah. Government Trash came on, I was like fucking typing emails super fast. <laughs> just like, ugh. Just let it, it was a release, man. Ugh. So uh, I, I have, can I guess what your second choice nug is? Yeah, you can try. <laughs> I mean that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean if you're like if you got the fucking balls. Yeah, you can try, I guess. Uh I'm going to try and I I'm it's between two for me. It's either Crystal Ball or Cheap Talk. And I I think are you, was it either? I mean you you got my uh, honorable mentions, dude. Oh man! So my, is it physical world? My my honorable mentions are cheap talk, virgins, always on, crystal ball, white is red, train wreck, nineteen seventy nine, <laughs> nothing left, government trash, and Gemini. So all of the songs are honorable mentions for you. Well, no, physical world is the other nug. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> I put that together. Oh, dude, Physical World is a great song. It's it starts off with this weird synth. I assume it's a synth, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh and just like I love the rhythm of the verses where it kind of has these select hits uh and the bass, the drums and the vocals all hit it at the very same time. Uh and the synth just kind of comes back and then uh, they get into a more driving force yeah. Uh, later on through the verses. And then they have that whole like outro with that almost like metal sounding riff at the end, right? Dude, this whole song sounds metal. This whole song is metal as fuck, dude. <laughs> that that verse riff, bow, 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 like... 
It is so heavy. This is by far the heaviest song on the record. Yeah. It's, and, it's like very, yeah, it's very like, I, I don't think sludgy is the right word for it. It's only sludgy because it's, it's a bass guitar. I mean, yeah, it's all kind of sludgy. <laughs> and it's, it's fuzzy <laughs> as hell, but it's so heavy. And I love that he doesn't usually go low on the verses or on the choruses. But he like he's playing like on the verses, and they have yeah. I think there's horns. I'm pretty sure there's horns during the choruses. I I don't know about that, man. You, don't you hear the bow, bow, bow? Let me. I'm I'm kind of trying to get through this song here. Yeah, to, to give, give it a listen. But dude, man, that yeah, that the bass or the verses, man, just. That bass riff is just so mean. And I love, like, I think it was something like a maybe two, yeah, like two minutes in, he plays this badass double bass part. Yeah, right. Like a 215 or something? Like, right? Or is that Tom's? It, it might be a, like a combination of the Tom's and the kick to make it seem like it's a double kick it sounds like a stampede it's like in any case it's dope ah so fucking cool so heavy um uh yeah man it's it's pretty obvious that i didn't like the dancier songs that much but again man this is just you're just adding to the lore of brett hanrahan because I am just, I'm pegging you as a fucking dance fan, man. And it's not one that I knew until we started this podcast. That is something I did not know about you. Look, man, before the podcast, we were talking about being more true to ourselves. We were yeah. talking about the kind of, I, I don't want to use this term because it's kind of gotten, but like the, the toxic masculinity, for lack of a better term. Right? Sure, yeah. Uh, I love dancing, you know? You like dancing? I love dancing, and I love music that has emotion and forward momentum and you like that you energy, can either man. mosh or dance to. Yeah, I'm realizing that about you for sure, is that you like music with energy. Yes, and, for sure. But do you actually dance? Because I, I mean, I do just fucking around, you know? But I've wanted to take dance classes because I feel... I feel like I'm not in tune with my body. Like, I feel like I'm not in touch with my body. And I feel like that is what dancing does for you. I mean, yeah, man. I, 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 I'm not sure if I would call it dancing, whatever it is I do. Yeah. Whatever I do is not dancing, but I, but you know, I like, there are some moves that I feel get out what I need to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the thing that I don't do. I get so stiff when I dance. Cause I'm so self-conscious cause I don't know how to dance, but <laughs> I, I will say I, I think in my life throughout the course of my life, maybe five times I have honestly danced, you know, where I like, I let it out. I just, just did whatever felt good, you know? Yeah. And right. I would say probably at least two times, when I did that, I teared up. Like while I was dancing, like I got emotional. 
and yeah it's it, it's a very it's a very emotional thing to kind of yeah. let to let yourself know. just let it loose you know it might it might be a little hippie to say but like to kind of try to match your body to what your emotions are feeling right yeah like those people that even like mad dance you know that they just they put on some music and they just punch the air for like 30 minutes and it's just is this <laughs> release for them you know i think yeah that's what music was for me writing music was that release you know and i just haven't written anything in a long time but my whole life writing music was therapy for me it would get it out it would it would it was it would get it out and also give me something else to focus on for hours you know and then yeah. it was like this mood i was in this thing that was making me sad or upset three hours later is now a song that I'm super happy about, you know, that yeah, I'm right. super proud of and stuff. So I, that it literally, you know, in the course of a day writing a song about whatever I was feeling like at the end of it, man, I felt amazing. Cause then I, my mood went from whatever to proud and psyched that I wrote a song that I'm like excited to show the band, you know, or excited to show my friends and, or play live or whatever. And that was, it's a release, man. So I feel like dancing, I feel like if I ever honestly danced, it would be, what if I'm a dancer, Brett? Well, what then, if I'm supposed to it, be a dancer? You, then you gotta dance, Lucas. You, I gotta, I feel like I gotta dance, man. We were talking before we started recording about like, you know, I, that I don't, I still don't know what I really want to do with my life. And I'm like, what if I'm a fucking dancer? I was saying this shit two years ago. And I still haven't what, done it. What if you are a body motion artist? What? That's what I would call myself, obviously. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, sure. I want to make eighty thousand dollars a year as a dancer, so I got to call myself something more than a dancer. <laughs> it's got to be a little more professional sounding. A little bit. I'll be. What was it? Body movement. Body body motion artist. A body motion artist. I'm a BMA. <laughs> I'll, I'll have that as my title. Well, dude. <laughs> I I can't decide who should do their ratings first, but let's uh, let's rate this fucking thing. Oh boy. Um. Well, I think we <laughs> viewer, you can tell that we have two very differing uh, values for this album. Yeah. I absolutely adore this album. I've never gotten tired of it yet, uh, and I've listened to it for years now. I agree with Lucas that it can get repetitive. It can get samey with the riffs and the vocal catchiness. Mm-hmm. It, it It's not like Adventure's too far out, aside from like songs like maybe White is Red or... Um... That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, you could say maybe the, the last song, the closing song, is, is pretty different for them. Yeah, but... You could you could definitely go into this album and and think like all those songs were the same. I didn't like that at all, and like that's totally fair. But uh, I I just completely adore this album. I all the ret- riffs are super catchy. The drums are super loud. The vocals are emotive, and the the vocals are catchy on every single song. Every single song, super catchy. Um, and so I, I love this thing. So I'm, I'm giving it like a, with the faults that it has, 
uh, I'm giving it like a nine point three. Oh, and and maybe I sh- maybe I should even rate it higher, but I'm I'm gonna stick there for now. Listen to your heart, man. Turn on your heart light. <laughs> My heart light. Yeah. You know, I when I before we started recording, I was gonna give it a nine, and then out of spite, I've <laughs> I've started to raise the score. Like I made I made you angry. <laughs> all right well brett's got the claws out the the fucking ear the cat ear headphones aren't aren't just for show that's right i'm a puma <laughs> oh yeah sleek <laughs> a sexy puma well let's uh like I, were you thinking like i know you weren't so hot on the album so you were thinking like a 9.0 or right. maybe like an 8.8 9.2 I guess. or something uh <laughs> no i think it's good that you rated it so high because it'll balance out for my rating and we'll find a nice happy medium um yeah right. but i like there is a lot to like about this record for me i liked the again the tones on the whole album are awesome that bass guitar i could listen to just him play by himself and it would still it would have been as interesting just as interesting, <laughs> uh, which is a, a bit of a knock on the drummer, but super catchy. The whole album, it is, it is a for the most part a vibe that I don't usually gravitate towards, which is the more dancey rhythms. There wasn't enough punk on it, and it wasn't heavy enough for me for me to like it that much. In the context of like, man, I hear that guitar, I want to fucking, you know, I want to hear some gnarly ass that guitar sounds like infest the rat's nest you know his bass like it sounds like <laughs> i wish he had played as a guest guitarist on infest the rat's nest man so that would have been insane oh, that would have been so fucking sick well i mean the basis for gizzard is so good though oh yeah i'm just saying i want that if, tone you know if gizzard just kind of stole uh death from above setup yeah maybe it would have been a whole bit and, oh, and it so anyway good. but anyway we digress i I liked it. I didn't love it. And there's probably only a, a few handful of songs that I'm going to come back and listen to again. So with that said, I'm going to give it a 5.9. Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, and because there is, I can't give it lower than a five just off the bassist alone. He is very, I'd say he's very inventive with what he has, right? Yeah, it's it's some of the most original, The one of the most original executions I've heard, I think, ever. Yeah. Um, so on average, it's a 7.6, which I think is pretty fair. I think that's what most people would give it. Sure, yeah. I, I, I don't... As I may have told you, but no, I told this to my roommate. I, I have no idea where Death From Above stands in the mainstream media. Like, I don't know if they're popular or if nobody knows them, honestly. They're pretty fucking popular, man. This album, I mean, some of these songs were at like 9 million plays on Spotify. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Um. yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely seems like a niche band. It's, uh, I think it's, that's the thing is it, it could, uh, a, be cool for a lot of people. You could be into punk, you could be into dance music, you could be into 
maybe hard rock. I wouldn't say metal, but if that's like predominantly what you listen to, like one of those genres, there is probably something here that you that they would get into. Or at least on the earlier albums. Or if it, if this album is too hard for you, then you might like the later stuff. Right. I, I assume they go even deeper into this sound, this dancey stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I did listen to Is For Lovers, which was their... Was it 2021 or 2020? I'm not sure. Uh, 2021. Um, but yeah, they kind of, they branched into a good amount of new stuff. There were a couple of songs on that record that I kind of zoned out and I was like, who am I listening to again? I was like, oh, these guys? Yeah. Modern guy sounds fucking weird, man. I'm a modern guy. Uh, You just love these guys no matter what. Does that not sound exactly like Death From Above, though? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, you were in the band before, just like Bad, Bad, Not Good. We already, we talked about that before we were recording, too. Yeah. The, right. the singer totally stole your, your vocal style, but. I mean, well, here's the thing, is that I was the guitarist for the band, right? And then they were like, They're like we don't no, need you. like, no, they were like, you, I came up with all the riffs, you see. You see. <laughs> I came up with all the riffs, you see. You see, and uh, the bassist was like, "I want to do those," and I was like, "Um, sorry, but I wrote them." And then they kicked me the fuck. They they kicked me out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but like, just another just another Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a, it's the same old song, just a different tune. I, I same old song, just a different. T- I couldn't tell you all the bands that I've gotten kicked out of. I'm sure we'll get to a couple of them. That'll be a whole career, episode. But, yeah, I but, mean. Uh, if we're allowed to upload three-hour episodes to Podbean, then we'll see. We're allowed to do whatever the fuck we want, Brett. We're the Bam Margeras <laughs> of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> what will he do next? And we fucking hate our dad. Whatever the fuck I want. I'm gonna go punch <laughs> my fat dad, Phil. Dude, this might be another podcast, but I was obsessed with that show. I loved that show, too. But Jesus we'll get Christ. into that later, okay? I mean, in the meantime... Yeah, that'll be for Hymns uh, album that we do next week. Which, we have, we're going to do the whole discography. That's the plan from here yeah. on out. Buddies, what did you guys think of this album? Have you listened to it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Are you mid like me? Are you in the middle? Uh, let us know what you think, man. Comment on our Instagram. Leave us a comment on Instagram at ebpcast. And or you know Jean Luc Guitard or Brett Hanrahan, or go to our YouTube, comment on one of those fucking videos on those one of one of those things, uh, like subscribe, click the bell icon, whatever. Click the bell. Just click, click the bell. We no oh, one's clicked our bell yet. Click so, the like. Click the dislike. We just need engagement. We need something. Leave a comment. Just lambasting us, and it'll actually help us. Either way, whether you like us or not. So, do that for once. And uh, <laughs> and we got some fun plans for the month of December, Brett. Oh, gonna... I'm so excited. Yeah, man, I'm really excited too. So, the plan is that we're going to do some year in recap uh, episodes. And we're going to... The first episode, I think, is going to be our favorite s- albums... I mean, that might be our last episode, right? I think the last episode is going to be the award show. 
Right. Yeah. Yes. So I think let's do it in this order. It's going to be the first episode is going to be our favorite songs of the year. We're going to pick, I think, like two or three each. And then yeah. the next episode is going to be our favorite albums of the year that we talked about on the podcast. Uh, right. Two or three each also. And then the last episode is going to we're going to just do an award show. Uh, the, the first Nuggies award. So show. be sure to be sure to rent your suits early. Yep, we're it's uh, a all black tux, black tie affair. It's extremely formal. We're uh, gonna dress up. We're gonna film it. Bring your best cheeses. Bring your best wines. Your your finest salamis. Your and finest tuna casseroles. Dried cured meats. Um, because we're hungry. But look, bud. Before that, I think we got one more episode. I don't think we do. <laughs> no, no, because because uh, the well, we have an episode coming out on the 29th, and then this episode is coming out after that on the sixth. Oh. Well, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it shows how much I know about the uh, upload schedule. Yeah. Not everyone can, you know. That's that's why you got me, bud. Look, we you need some you need some alpha male types in your production if you're going to get anything done right you need a lion you need in the fucking wheatgrass for you you need a dragon in the booth a dominican dragon yes which used to be my wrestling name (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was the dominican dragon they used to call me short pubes that's a good one yeah you know i thought it was I thought it was a little... It was like, well, why does everyone else have big pubes? You know? Well, they didn't say small pubes. They said short. Yeah. So, they're, they're, they, you know... Man. Yeah, I think you'd rather have short pubes than long pubes. Well, they were Am big but short. They were big <laughs> They were short, but they were really fat. <laughs> they were very thick. <laughs> you have thick pubes. <laughs> the way I'm picturing it... Right, thank you, it, everyone, for watching. Oh, my God, I'm picturing we'll it. We'll see so you funny. next week. Get ready for the 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 month of December. Uh, year the, in recap, everyone. The year in recap. Hope no good albums come out because we're not going to talk about it. We're that. not talking about it. We might do live streams. Whatever. We'll see. But, we'll uh, see. Thanks for listening, buddies. Brett, thanks for uh, forcing me to listen to this album several times. Lucas, thank you for forcing me to be on this podcast. You're welcome. Uh, I'll send you the I'll Venmo you. Yeah, if you could, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Um, Just because I've wanted that new Tesla, and you've been a little late on it. And I owe you a lot of money. <laughs> so, you owe me a lot of money. <laughs> that's, it's all good. I, I got you. I'm good for it. And I told you that Lucas coins are not going to rise in value. Well, that's just your opinion. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I have to end this on such a sour note, but Brett, um, what would you rate this episode? I'd rate this episode a 9.8. Oh, you bumped it up. Well, out of spite. Yeah. Ah, you son of a bitch. All right, well, then I'm going to do it. Up. This is a 5.2 out of spite. Oh, sh- uh-oh. From me. Unsubscribe. We're starting the Earfoes next episode. Earfoes December. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to argue for an hour to an hour and a half. It's going to be at each week. other's necks. <laughs> Well, uh, Brett, I think this was pretty good. 
you know what, Lucas? I think this was also pretty good. Uh, bye, buddy. Bye, y'all. And a three, and a two, and a one.